All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Derek Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. This week's guest is Stanley Cup champion, five-time All-Star, and former Philadelphia Flyer defenseman, Kimo Kimonen. Time to face off. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. What is going on, Nast? What's up, Riggs? Not much, man. Not much at all. Waiting for the Flyers to pull a magical turnaround here tonight. Tonight is yep. tonight. I think it's gonna happen. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm still not freaking out like some people. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Um, but sooner, sooner than later, we're running out of time. So tonight, you know, needs to be the time. You know, I understand they still have 31 games left, but uh, I just feel like they're finding ways to lose versus finding ways to win, uh, which they were, you know, doing earlier in the season. Even if their their play wasn't a, a, as great as it could have been, they were finding ways to win. And and right now, the turnovers and just the just the lack of composure with the puck at times uh, is is haunting them. And you know a couple late game presses there, but uh, just it's, it's hard to score against these these good NHL teams. Yeah, it is. It's uh, 
the last few games since we were we were here, they um they, they actually outshot the teams in a couple games and just you know not finding the back of the net. Uh, well, JBR seems to be able to find it uh, right yeah. now. He's he's it's still hot, which is, yeah, which is good. But uh, yeah, they got to find a way here. Uh, starting tonight, they got a big week. They have four yeah. games this week, so it's a big week for them. It is no doubt, and they're slowly drifting out of that playoff spot. Well, they're out of the playoff spot now, but um, you know they had games in hand, which they still do against versus most of those uh, the top tier teams. But they're even with Boston, and Boston's three points ahead of them. They're one. They have one game in hand against Rangers, which you know they'll play tonight. And obviously, every game is a four point game, but that game tonight is. Uh, is especially a four-point game, and you know they just gotta again, like they just gotta find find ways to get greasy and, and win these games. They can't uh, they can't get behind early. Um, they can't have some of these meltdowns and you know breakdowns that they're having because it lands up in the back of the net. You know, skilled guys like Ovechkin, you can't give that guy freebies, yeah, um, or any any skill guy freebies for that matter. Um, um, but you know, just tightening it up. That's it. You know, it's just. Uh, it's getting back to basics and, and, and maybe not gripping the stick so tightly and having some fun. I just feel like there's, there's a lot of frustration on these guys' faces right now, and, and rightfully so. Everyone wants to win, but you have to find a way to pull this thing together. Yeah, you can see it. I mean, you know, over the long time that I was, you know, in hockey and you, you, you've been through it, when, when things aren't going well, you try to stay positive, but it's hard when things keep just happening. It kind of snowballs, which it can snowball the other way, too, if they get a win here tonight and start rolling, which I think they will. Um, but it's tough. You're right. They start squeezing the sticks, and and you see the frustration. Uh, they they fought like hell in the third uh, last game, and uh, TK just missed – I mean, he just missed the net, and, and you could see the frustration on his face, and, and I – obviously understand that um but they almost i mean they fought back it's not like there wasn't any fight there but you're right just uh you're in the game you're playing well uh, just one little turnover ends up in your net and it's frustrating when it keeps happening and everyone gets frustrated so hopefully they turn that around tonight i think they will um we said that last week buffalo coming in was probably a good thing and they, they, squeezed they, that one out. they squeezed that one out, but they did find a way to win. Which they did, in, yeah, you're right. In in the end, you know, at the end of the year, you don't, you know, you just look. Okay, we got wins, and uh, they squeezed it out. But it, but at least they squeezed it out because it could go the other way, like we talked about um, when things aren't going right. So get them back on the winning track tonight and have a good week here. Everybody will be fine again. All right, Nas, let's jump into our interview with Chemo Teaming in. This interview was brought to you by DraftKings. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know there will be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of action. Bet $4 on an underdog. Win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Turning $4 into $256 is 64 to 1 odds. Every dollar you bet could turn into $64. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. 
There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KNUCKLES when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code KNUCKLES to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. And I am Derek Settlemeyer, and we are so honored and privileged to have one of the classiest individuals I've met in the game of hockey, Mr. Kimo Timonen. What's up, brother? Hey, guys. How you doing? I haven't seen you guys for a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. Know, way, way too long, man. Nice to you see you. You guys staying safe? Everybody's healthy? Everyone's good here. Knock, knock wood so far. Weird times. Oh, no. Oh, no it's kidding. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So you're back in North America? I'm back here in Haddonfield. I was actually in Finland uh, before Christmas, maybe three months. And um, was able to see my parents, friends, lots of snow. There you go. Lots of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Something's never changed. Uh, no way. No <laughs> way. Lots of good times in Finland, but I'm back here and uh, probably back here until like June, maybe. June, we go back to Finland again. Okay. Okay. And your is your son, he's Sammy, is playing over there? there? Sammy's playing in Finland. He likes it there. Um, he's got a, a girlfriend there. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why he's there, but he's playing. <laughs> He's playing, and he's he seems like he's enjoying his time. Good. Good. It looks That's like awesome. he's staying there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, so I see a little bit of what's going on, but uh, that, that's yeah. awesome. He's a, he's a good kid. You, know, you you guys don't mind I take a little sip of my uh, red wine? No, I you think you should. <laughs> yeah. Your your bat- podcast is cutting into my happiness. Uh, <laughs> 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 Our apologies. Right. Our apologies, Kimo. That's I, thought, I was a little worried about the timing, six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Is Hartsy sitting beside you? Or is he working tonight? No, he's 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 working tonight. I, I saw him this morning. We were playing tennis, but he's working tonight with the NHL Network. Can he? Can anyone beat you in Haddonfield yet? Is there anyone? They, they haven't. They haven't yet. But Hartsy's he's trying. He's, he's trying, been trying yeah. hard. But, um, no luck yet. But right. he's. It, it is funny with Hartsey, um Long, long story short, you know, obviously we we started together in Nashville like 2000. I was there 98, but he got drafted there 2000 or 99, but he started 2000. And then we played eight years together. We got, you know, we got traded at the same time the Flyers, and uh, now he's my neighbor. Cross street, so it looks like I can't get rid of this guy. Well, you, you guys room, you guys room together too on the road too. Two on veterans rooming together as ten well. Ten years, ten years. So I, I know that little guy that over, over there. <laughs> oh man, awesome. I'll tell you, I'll tell you before we get going here. The people that don't know, 
Chemo, I'm pumping your tires here, but it's the truth. Chemo might be the best athlete all around. Now, Claude's going to argue. Claude Giroux thinks he is. But Chemo can honestly beat you in golf. The guy can shoot hoops. I've shot basketball with him. It looks like he grew up playing basketball the way he shoots. Obviously, unbelievable hockey player. But what an athlete. Tennis. Don't even try to beat him ping pong or tennis. I wouldn't even try. Kickball champion over there. So, and in soccer, well, like, listen, I didn't get there yet, but I mean, kickball. Let's, let's, soccer let's, put, soccer. let's put it this way, then you correct. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I pick, what comes to the sport, I can pick it up pretty quickly. I never get to the top, though. I'm always <laughs> the average level. Everything. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't remember you losing many soccer games when I was allowed to play. Oh. Soccer was my sport when I was young. You know, I, when I was 17, I had to decide if it's soccer or hockey. So I played soccer when I was seven years old um, up until 17. So soccer is my f- second favorite sport. That's why I think you made the right decision, but knowing you, you probably would have done just as well playing so- soccer. Well, it's going to be a new messy, you know. Yeah, you know, but. exactly. Exactly. Well, it makes a lot of sense how you ran the uh, the pregame soccer games like the way you did. You're pretty well, dominant force there. I, I was wondering if they still do it. You know, it's, they it's well as of last year they were still doing it. Yeah, that that, was, that was, that's fun times because it, it takes your mind off the hockey game, so you can a little bit relax there. But it's it's so much fun, and then you can get amped up to the game but I, I loved it yeah me too when we had hearts and we talked about it he asked the question of what do you miss the most about <laughs> about playing hockey you know, we talked about kickball <laughs> it was like the, one of the biggest yeah. pieces of the game was was preparing with kickball so it was a lot of fun yeah well that's i missed that too and uh well there's a lot of things you miss but you know some of the things obviously when you win the game you go to locker room your boys are happy but, you know, I don't think many people know, but on the road, when you go to the bus, I don't know if this is the good information I give it to you guys, but the beer is on the bus. I stole beer when you sat in the bus and going to the airport. One beer and oh, my God, I missed that time. <laughs> Wait a minute. There was beer on the bus? Yeah. Well, you have to sit in the back to find right it. Right in the back. Right in the back. But as far as being an equipment guy, you know, either yourself or G- turned into G once you were gone, but hey, uh, I would just give the old one or two. And if it wasn't a game the next day, let's go two. So, so yeah. it's Hard always hidden, you know, always yeah. hidden in the back. <laughs> I remember Hartsey was the beer master because I remember every game on the road, he, he said, how many beers we need? I said, get, get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. safe. No, he, he meant for the red team. <laughs> That's just me and Hartsey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he he was good with the beers. That guy. Oh, yeah. oh man. Uh, yeah, I can imagine, especially after a win, right? They always taste better mm-hmm. after a win. Yeah. So, how are you guys? What what are you being up to? Well, Ryan, what are you being up to? Well, piecing back together uh, some projects I had in the CBD and hemp space uh, that been yeah. kind of slowed down from COVID, and then um, yeah. How's yeah. that thing going? Uh, it's it's going better the last couple months. Yeah, yeah, we lost a bunch of That's wholesale good. accounts, uh, you know, brick and mortars type of stuff. It was shut down. So, yeah, we felt the we felt the hurt, but uh, things are coming back around. And uh, another project that's integrated into it all since so coming back online. That's so, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Then nasty knuckles. Yeah, we started this before Christmas and just wanted to kind of get back in the 
the hockey community and you know tap into our network and have some fun with it so this has been it's actually been a lot of fun yeah reconnecting with you guys so I heard a lot of good things about you guys with yeah, this it's, podcast. It's been fun, man. Is it a podcast or is it something else? I, I don't yeah, know. It's a, it's it, a podcast, yeah. I mean, it's a podcast, yeah. Just shit, shit man. Having we're fun. just winging it. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I, I do once a week to Finland. Um, is it a hockey show, Kimo? Hockey show, yeah. yeah it's, it's about NHL and I have, um, his, his name is Antti Mackin and he knows the NHL and players really well. So it's him and me. Uh, every Tuesday we do it. So it's kind of, You have to watch some games and players to get to, you know, the stay, keep it up with the game. So I kind of like it. Keep it busy that way. Right. I was going to ask you that. Once a week. Yeah. I was going to ask you that because I've always been a hockey. Nerd. Even, you know, when I was with the team, I would, I couldn't wait to get home and watch the third period of the late games. I just, and so this is good for, like, I enjoy watching the games, but Riles was even saying today, like, I'm watching more hockey now, which is, you know, awesome. So I figured you would, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know what you, you know, what's going on at least anyway. I, I watch a lot of hockey because it's, it's like you said, my son, Sam is in Finland. Yeah. So now I got two girls here. They go to do their own things at night. So I got plenty of time, like seven o'clock on. What's different right. stuff. So hockey is, hockey is what I, what I watch and some shows obviously, but hockey is still, yeah, is still in there. With this schedule, I mean, you, you're going to get at least two games a night anyway, being on TV with this wild schedule that they have. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You imagine that. I mean, it's – I mean, you've played in a shortened season, but, I mean, this is wild. They're playing four games a week no matter what, basically. That's um, that's crazy. It's – it's well, for the older players, that's that's hard to do because recovery is hard. We all know it. And, and uh, when you play four games in a week – Um, it's hard. If you got little injuries then there, it's hard to recover. Um, so the team who's younger, you know, energized, not hurt, they're going to do well this year. Let me ask you this, Kimo. Uh, I, Riles, you can answer too, because you, you played as well. But as a player, the, the, what they play? They played four games last week, the Flyers. Played four yeah. games last week. When do you practice? Do you have the energy to practice? Is your... You know, like, I wonder if some of their, you know, they lost three or four. I know they, they came back and won last night, which was great. They had lost three or four. You think that has to do with maybe not getting out there and working on things? Or, well, I mean, what, you know, you played the game I long think, enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a time to practice, maybe get morning skate in. But what I know about the head coach here, he doesn't like to practice anyway. Right. Like, he doesn't like the morning skates. So to me, it's like you have to focus to the games. Yeah. You know, playing four games in a week, there's no reason why you have to practice. You you don't get anything out of it. So right, right. only thing why I would, if I were a coach, only thing I would go why I would go on the ice is just the recovery. You know, get that yeah. you know lactate acid out of your system and get some sweat in, get good lungs, go home and and get ready for the next game. But. Um, No practice, I don't think. Yeah, well, Daryl Sutter didn't seem to have an <laughs> issue with getting the boys going there his first practice. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. But he just, where where did that guy come from? I thought he was uh, running a farm or something. I, I, I talked I talk to, to Chief. I talked to Chief today. Or, sorry, last night. I talked to Chief last night. 
And he says, holy fuck, boys, he's back. He goes, I thought he was never leaving the farm. You know, you know, you know, oh I, I was yeah, shocked. I, so. I was shocked. I didn't think, he, I mean, maybe he just misses it too. You know, I mean, God, it's all he's done his whole life. So, so well, that's Calgary right there. I, I think they've been like last five, six years. They always, they have a pretty good team, but then they go, they don't play that good. And maybe this guy can, you know, get them working. I guess that's the reason why he's there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kimo, uh, <clears throat> the last time, I know you'll enjoy this. The last time I was in Calgary wasn't last season, but the season before. And Huggy was with us. So I let him work the door in the third period. And we're, we're up. We're up two goals a like minute to go. They get one. This is like 40 seconds. They pull the goalie. And I think it's Russell, the D-man. Hadn't scored in forever. And the puck just comes to him, and all of a sudden, Huggy yells at him, you won't shoot it. He shoots it and scores. Ties the game. <laughs> Huggy says that? Huggy, no, he's living oh. off. Huggy oh, says something. I'm like, you don't even know who this guy is. What are you doing? And he scores, and, you know, Hugglestick turns and looks at me like, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> like, what did I do? I'm oh, like, poor Huggy. But anyway, I don't know what made me think of that. But anyway. I haven't seen Huggy at all in like two years, maybe. Yeah, I miss him. Me too, man. Yeah. I have, it's been about a year. but um, The hardest hardest working man in hockey. Yeah, Huggy, yeah. that's the truth. Huggy Bear, Huggy bear moving. He'll he's do anything awesome. for you. Yeah. He, would, he, would, he would do anything for you. Oh, yeah. So, Kimo. You played in uh, you played in Nashville, obviously. That's but I didn't realize you were drafted by the Kings. Riles yeah. was saying that. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. So how did that work? Well, I got drafted '93 by LA, and uh, the story is, um, I think it was like a tenth round. I don't think there's a tenth round anymore, but <laughs> it was the last round, anyways. So I, I knew that time that it's it's a different game. Guys are 6'3", heavy, hard, you know, a lot of fighting. I'm not that tall. I can skate, but, you know, they didn't give me a chance. So I remember I went to L.A. like 95 training camp, and uh, the coach was Larry Robinson, the famous defenseman. So I thought I had a good training camp, like two weeks, and um, – I, I was meant to go Finland anyways, but I was there just to do the training camp. And after the training camp, I, I met with Larry and, and Larry goes to me and said, I don't think you have a chance. You're too small NHL. I don't, I don't think, think you have, have you, you will get hurt. You will get concussed all the time. I don't think you have a chance. So, okay, well, I thought I'm pretty good training camp, but what, what are you going to do? So I went back to Finland. I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on my career in Europe. There's some good teams. I'm going to make good living in Europe. And then 97, I was in 97 in world championships in, in somewhere in Switzerland. And David Paul, the GM of Nashville Predators, came up to me and said, NHL is moving to the direction where, you know, the tall guys are not that popular anymore. It's going to be more pace, more energy, more skating. So I think you're going to, you, I will give you a chance to play. So... It's up to you if you, you're going to use that chance, but I, I'm going to give you a chance to play. And 98, I signed with them, and, and then they sent me down to the minors, 98. But the story is, which is um, with Larry. So it was 2001. I think he was a coach. Uh, he was coaching New Jersey Devils or two. I can't remember the year, but 
Uh, we played with Nashville against uh, Devils. And after the game, um, I remember, you know, showering up, putting my suit on, going to the bus. So Larry was behind the corner waiting for me. And he, he pulled, pulled me inside inside and said, I have to say, I'm really, really sorry. Wow. I made a total mistake. You're going to have a great year. Congrats. Awesome. Keep it going. So that's amazing. Wow. That's ballsy. That's like, that's honestly, that's yeah. and, that, and that's that, Larry. That's that Larry like, Robinson, too. He waited for me to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. That's, that's a cool story about it. That's amazing. That's, that's Larry Robinson, too. One yeah. of, I mean, that's. I've never heard a bad word about that man either, by the yeah. way. I've, I've, I don't know. I don't know him, but I've heard a lot of good things about him. He probably apologized to the organization, ex- too, for me, for making that suggestion, right? I mean, you yeah. get a draft pick. But then there was an um, expansion draft, I think, 98, and then my rights, and I think Jan Bopat. I don't know if you guys remember oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. We, we, our rights got moved to the Nashville. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and that's that's why I signed with the Nashville at 98. So you you uh, <clears throat> your was it your last year in Nashville when FOPA got there, Peter yeah. Forsberg. So yeah. you got to you got to play with P. I know he didn't he didn't really get to play too much though, eh? Because he was a lot of a lot of issues there with the feet and all that stuff. But yeah, I remember that year. I, I was actually happened to be a captain there he, first time, and and I remember that time uh, we had a super good team. Yeah, you know we have Ryan Suter, yeah. we have a Weber, me Sidlitsky. Uh, we had really good defensemen there, good forwards. Harchi was there, Paul yep. Korea, Steve Sullivan, right. David McMahon, um, Jason Arna. Oh, yeah. Um, then, God, deadline, uh, Barry Trotz was the coach. He calls me and said, hey, great news. We just got Peter Forsberg. I said, oh, that's <laughs> wow. great news. Yeah, that is good news. Then Peter got in there and... and uh, the first moment I met him, I met him a couple of times in, in um, like the Olympics and stuff, but he he was, his ankle was kind of fucked up. You know, the, it's kind of weird how, how I explain it, how it worked, but um, he played a few games, hurt a couple of games. He played, he, he was hurt that time. Too bad, but, you know. So the Flyers make the deal. They get you and uh, you and Hartsey get in here. And, and I mean, you want to talk about a turnaround and the quickest turnaround ever. Uh, worst, worst team in the league the year before. Pick up you. Obviously, a huge pickup. Scotty Hartnell, Chase uh, Gator, Smitty, uh, Danny B. Mm-hmm. Who else? Did? I feel like I'm missing someone. Yeah. Loops. We had gotten yeah. up, up, y'all, at the yeah. uh, four Petersburg. And uh, even Ryan uh, Parent ended up playing um, a little bit. But uh, that year, man, it was awesome getting you guys in there. It was just such a – just a different dynamic. I mean, obviously, we were winning games, but the culture changed. Like, you came in and Hartsey, it just it, – it was awesome. What, what were your first, like, uh, initial feelings coming to Philly? Well, I, I remember um, – I think it was 2007 summer – and uh, it was June. I was in Finland and uh, Hartsy called me and said, have you heard? I said, what? He said, I, I think we're going get, to get the trade from Nashville to Flyers. I said, well, let me call my agent and see what's going on here. And um, we have one week or 10 days to sign with the Flyers or then I would be a free agent. 
I think it was like the last 10 days of June and July 1st, I would be a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, obviously if you guys had the worst year ever the year before it was 40th season of the team it was the worst yeah. ever and and i had a really good year in in nashville with the with the, my last year and i was like it's been a struggle with nashville you know it, it took us five years from expansion t- team to get to the playoffs and i'm getting to you know age of 30 so I, I need to really think about what's my next move because I really want to win. And I talked to uh, Paul Holmgren a few times and actually Mr. Ed Snyder called me once, said, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to spend every penny I have, what I can, to make sure the Flyers are a good team again. And then Hartsy signed and then he, co- he called me right away after he signed said, now you have to sign. I, said, <laughs> I, I told Archie right away, I said, I, I don't think I'm going to sign there. I was joking around. I knew yeah. I was I with the flyers and said, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, you must have been disappointed. You can't leave roommate hanging here. <laughs> so I, I signed it. And then, you know, obviously coming here, knowing knowing all the all the fans and, and the history of flyers, but overall Philly, like sports town, you know, baseball, football, basketball. So I knew I'm coming to the sports town. But it was Mr. Snyder's word said, I'm going to do everything what I can to make sure we don't have a the year before, you know, you guys had. So, um, and then I kept seeing guys are getting signed. And I was like, well, he said it. Yeah. He, 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 that man, that's all he wanted. Was, yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? That's the truth. He was, oh. he was awesome. He was awesome. And if, yeah, he, he's, I remember the words he said, I'm going to spend every penny I can, because I, I can't remember that. That was the salary gap, maybe that time already or not. I can't remember, but I think it was, I think it was he, then. Yeah. yeah. He was ready to spend everything. Yeah. To, to well, get a win. Yeah. yeah. That must be what meaning, a, meaningful. What a man. Yeah, exactly. Meaningful yeah. coming from him and, and probably made your decision a little bit easier hearing something like that. The, oh. the confidence, right? From the owner, 100%. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. not too many owners would probably be that honest in no. front to say something like well, that. Not sure how many owners will call, you know, players. Well, that's true. Great and say, okay, this yeah, is what we're going to do. This is our plan. And I'm going to spend everything I have. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that that year, that your first year, that that was a that was one of my one of my favorite years just because we were so bad the year before and then we got such a good group of you know, yourself and all the other guys that came in, it was, it was so much fun and you guys were winning and we ended up going to the conference finals. And I mean, it's easy to look back and say, what if, but I mean, you were hurt. Colt, uh, Braden Coburn had gotten hurt. Hatch was playing on one leg. Poor guy was getting his knee drained every night. People don't even know that, you know, you know, of course you guys are hockey guys and you don't say that and <clears throat> but gator's shoulder was hanging uh, it, on by a thread yeah oh my god remember when he, he gotten hurt and he was he thinking both clavicles are cracked or something <laughs> weird it was and he he said if i score i'm not going to be able to raise my arm don't worry i don't think you're going to score gator <laughs> <laughs> fuck you nasty <laughs> yeah. but i i do remember hats is needy because after every game's you know, I had a, I had a happy go in the trainer's room and see what's going on, kind of take it easy. And Hatch is always there on the table and his knee straight and oh, they go needle like this tall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight and they, oh, 
And like like a yellow liquid and blood came out of there. I said, Pats. <laughs> that's I not normal. News, buddy. <laughs> and a lot of it too. I remember that. That's well, not normal. That's not normal. But that year I remember, you know, obviously coming from Nashville and and, and uh, you know the the group of guys we had, you know, sometimes we had too much fun because it's you know, a, long, a lot of young guys and single guys. So obviously yeah. everybody knows what happens when <laughs> yeah. say, let's go for dinner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That dinner turns out to be okay. Five beers later. Was that after hours place we used to go to sometimes they did dinner ended up there at 4 a.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, bottle service. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But such a good group of guys, and oh, I had such a blast. Too bad, you know. I, I remember that year because I we played playoffs against Montreal. I think semifinal or or conference final well, semifinals. I think semi, yeah. And I I remember I blocked the shot on my uh, left ankle, and it was killing me the the whole series. And then we won, and then we started to play against Pittsburgh. But then the day. Of travel to Pittsburgh, I said to Jimmy McCrossin, I said, Jimmy, it's so sore. I can't even walk. I can't put my skate on. So Jimmy sent me the like a ankle specialist, and he he's like, Oh, there's something wrong because it's so swollen and and they took ultrasound. So I, I had broken an artery in my ankle. So that shot, like week before, hit this perfect spot in my ankle and broke the artery so it's bleeding non-stop to my ankle so every time when you put the skate on and tight the laces up so it puts more pressure on that ankle it's gonna bleed more or put the pressure on the higher in the calf and uh too bad too bad yeah. but injuries are part of it it sometimes happens you know i mean you know you're a stanley cup champion you, you a lot of lucky bounces after yeah. to, to win i mean there's so many things i mean uh that yeah, I mean, just, you know, injuries are part of it. If you can win the Stanley Cup with a bunch of injuries, you're really lucky. And, but, and talk about this year. That's going to play a major oh, part. Yeah. Big time. Yes. The team, the team it, at the end, who's the, the healthiest team, it's going to win. Not the best team, probably. The healthiest. Yeah, yep, I we, know. <clears throat> we talked about that last week, saying, like, uh, what, what if a team, like, a week ago had six guys out with what if six guys get COVID for Tampa or whoever? What what do you do? Like, do you have to do what the Flyers did and just suck it up? Just suck it up and play? Like it's the playoffs. I, I, I don't know the rules with Corona, but I think if it's more than three people get Corona or tested positive, I think they might have to cancel the game. That's that's what happened. Oh. That's what happened. Well, what happened with the Flyers? I'm not so sure, but that's that's my belief. What happens? Okay, that's why they right. cancel the games because more than three guys got tested positive. Okay, okay. That's my understanding about the rule. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't. Happen. Hopefully it's we're crazy. past that anyways at, at that point of the uh, yeah of of the of the, uh, the season. So um, well, hopefully there's a vaccine coming maybe maybe a month later. So uh, not just hockey, but. If we yeah. talk about hockey, hopefully get vaccine, and you don't have to worry about in April, May, teams missing playoffs or exactly. something like that. Imagine if you know you get to the semifinals or somewhere, and and four guys get tested positive. Terrible. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What do you do? Yeah, you gotta follow the protocol. And and and, and one thing I, I've been thinking about here because I, I don't know the rules, but what ha- because I know the U.S. border and and 
Canada border are kind of tight. So what happens if the corona is still here and let's say a Canadian team makes the final? Are they coming? How, how do they move? Mm, that's a good question. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know it's, either. It's, that's, yeah, yeah it's, that's... But that's down the road. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully things change and loosen up by yeah. then. Anyways, like you said, with the vaccine and everything else, uh, you'd, you'd like to think that we're we're on the tail end of this thing. I surely hope yeah. so. I hope anyways. so. God. I hope so. It's been a long year. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. It has been. It has been. Um, <clears throat> chemo, we, we always talk about this. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but uh, 2010, like what a mm-hmm. run, what a year. That, that, that was, was my favorite year, the one before we talked about <laughs> But as far as far as um, you're at the Olympics as well, you you got a bronze medal that year. Of course, you played in four Olympics, which is amazing. Yeah, um, three silvers, one. Actually, I actually played five Olympics, four medals. Five. Yeah, wow. one 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 silver and wow. three bronze. Well, okay, my bad, my bad. One That's all right. Bronze. That's all right. Um, I remember you guys. I was on. I was working with the U.S. team, obviously, and um, I think. Uh, I think your goalie had been out the night before uh, that semi that semifinal game. <laughs> he had a tough. We were up five nothing. What six minutes into the game? Oh, <laughs> Not really six minutes, but the game was literally chemo. Like we got up. I mean, we just kept scoring, and it kind of game's kind of over unless it, it was over in four minutes. It really I, was, and and but I I remember you guys. You won the the consolation game and you got a medal and you were saying i would rather win that than probably lose to the gold medal game i mean a lot, i think a lot of people probably i mean well it, 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 there's a saying you win the bronze medal right you lose the silver that's right that's and right, right, the, right. The, the feeling is actually correct because i've been in i in in 2006 in italy there's a we were in a big final against the sweden and we lost 2-1 so obviously you had a great tournament and you win silver medal, but it feels like you lost. Right, right. Right. You yeah, win. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Really when you win that. the last game, I know it's bronze medal, but you win it. That's right. So you celebrated it. So it's it's it makes sense, but obviously I, I wanted to win the gold someday, but didn't well, have, they, never happen. It's funny the the US team that I was lucky enough to be a part of, we we didn't lose until that gold medal game. Yeah, we we even beat Canada in the regulation play, and then end up losing in overtime to the. What a game that was! I, I watched. It, it was game. a great oh. game. It was it was a great game. And Kimo, we had uh, we had uh, Chris Pronger on the Beast, and uh, I had to, I had to tell a story. I don't even know if I told it with him, but I told it with Richie, with Mike Richards, where we had to jump in your car because Richie. I couldn't find him. I finally found him, but prongs was calling me all night, texting me, you better be there. Well, he's like, my dad's like screaming at me. We get there. Chemo is a little shit disturber, which people probably don't know. Uh, (laughs) But he didn't do anything this day, but it was so funny. We all got there. Chemo had his family. We get on a plane. Prongs is nowhere to be found. And so, Kimo's like, he's yeah. not here, you know, like, and so we're laughing. Prongs comes flying on the plane, and I know we've talked about this before. His hair's everywhere. He's like, this driver, he said, I, I, and I said, and I said to Richie, when, when Mike was on with us, I said, if that would have been us, 
that plane would have taken off to Tampa. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would have never waited. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fuck them. They're not here. Yeah. I, I do have to because I, I love Bronx and he, he's a good friend and the Hall of Fame, a great player, obviously. Yeah. But sometimes I, 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 we had dinners together many times and uh, he always made me laugh because we all, we, everybody has a wallet. But nowadays, you know, if you get coins, you put somewhere the coins leave on the, on the, like a tip or something. But like I had a wallet, it's, it's usually like bills, like a paper money. Bronx, <laughs> he's got a wallet where there's a coin section in it. <laughs> Why is a billionaire? <laughs> I know. Hey. Oh my God. So, I, I meant, we I didn't have one of that guy. Said, I said, What are you going to do with this coin? So he opens the zipper and put the coins in. Doesn't want to tip the extra sense there, obviously. He, you know, at the end of the year, uh, the trainers were always lucky enough. You guys always were really kind to us and, and uh, gave us, you know, a little presence at the end of the year. And, prongs prongs was great but it was so funny because he he comes to my office and hands me an envelope and i'm like thanks buddy he gives me a hug he's like good job you know this and that and so i'm like i got the envelope and i'm shaking it and there's sh- shit moving in it i'm like what like what could this be so i open it and it's cash but we had had the year-end party in ac and he won chips and he gave me the chips so i had to go down and cash them which hey i didn't care it was it was worth the drive but i don't think i've ever seen this before you know Uh, i laughed my ass i mean i wanted to say that to him too and i we didn't get a chance but uh, oh i'm like what what could be in here like what's he giving me coins oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) a couple times we were dinner and then the bill was like let's say it's 118 and and uh 90 cents I got it, guys. <laughs> oh, man. That is classic. Oh, we got a bust on him next time. Bring him on. He, 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 yeah. I gave him heat, and he can take it. He can take oh, it. Yeah. He, 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 so it's not, yeah. not new to him. <laughs> no, he's, um, <clears throat> I was going to ask you, too, like, uh, you got to play with Peter a little bit. Peter was almost done, though, Forsberg, we're talking about. Yeah. But, um getting tr- getting traded to chicago which you yeah. you, you knew was happening obviously no one wanted you to leave but you knew yeah. this was probably the end and um you know a great chance to win well well one i want you to tell me that story you told me i don't know if you remember your very first shift you said there were i think you had said uh we didn't have a whole lot of meetings they didn't really go over anything first shift i i get the puck i just go to reverse it and my partner i think it was Seebs. i don't know who it was if it was seabrook or who but you're like i remember watching because i was so excited for you and they wanted you to play right away and you're like well hang on here i just started skating (laughs) like i've been hurt for a year and chemo said i i dropped the puck and i look up and i see my partner's up here now i'm fucking scrambling (laughs) i got a (laughs) two-on-one Good. Tell us about that. that was- yeah, well, it, it was a kind of weird year anyway, because it's 2014, and um, I just signed one-year deal. I was 39 years old and getting to 40-year-old, so I said, I'm done. One more year, and I'd be done. Uh, I, I'd seen enough. I can't keep it up with these young boys anymore. And I remember the summer 2014, I, I worked out my 
went my ass off because I wanted to be in good shape to come to the camp and I keep my last shot. What happens happens, but I want to be in good shape. And then August, you know, some of the guys start skating or later, but I started first of August every year. So I go on the ice. Uh, it was Monday morning. And, uh, uh, that weekend, I was like, my right calf is so sore. I don't know what's wrong, but I'm going to go see the doctor Monday afternoon after the skate. So I, I go skate Monday morning, and my son was on the ice with me because he was working out too. And he flew by me all the time. I was like, what's going on here? I can't, I'm tired. I thought I'm in good shape. I, I thought I worked out really good this summer. Give Sammy a two-hander. Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep it up. And so if Sammy goes by me, so I got a doctor that um, afternoon and obviously they found blood clot in my calf and then they traveled to my lungs. And then right that moment in the hospital, I remember talking to Jim McCross and said, it's at least six months off because you have to be a blood thinner to get that, you know, the lungs cleared and stuff. I said, that's fine. But this is not the way I want to end it. I want to, this is my last year. I want to end it with my skates on, not my hospital yeah. shoes. Or yeah, right. right. So I waited six months and Hextal was the GM and they were like, come on, buddy, you're 39. What are you, what are you thinking? You know, you should retire. I was like, no, I'm not going to retire. I decided this first night at the hospital, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to, I'm going to find a doctor who's going to give me directions how I can play the rest of the year and then retire. And took me, took me actually eight months to find it, you know, from, from the summer right. to the point like early, late January, 2015. So that's seven months already when I had a block time. <clears throat> so this guy, Washington said, you know, I treated with the football players, basketball players, and uh, we can find you the way to finish your career it's not safe. I'm not saying it's 100% safe, but we can we can find you the way that you can finish your career with the skates on. I said, perfect. I take it. So then I knew flyers were, obviously, I wanted to finish flyers. I wanted to finish with the skates on, not the shoes. But then we got to the point in February, we were like eight points out of the playoff spots. And I was like, mm, if I have a chance to win Stanley Cup, Obviously, it's a bonus, but playoffs, bonus, I want to feel that. And then Hexy said, we can make things happen if you want. And then we, we had so many meetings with Hextall. And uh, finally, I wanted to go back to Nashville when I started my career. They had a good team. Yeah. yeah. But Hexy was the one who said, Chicago has been calling, said they want you. I said, well, what do you think? He said, if I were you, I would go to Chicago because they, they've been winning past, you know, a couple of times already. Um, they know how to win. I right. said, okay, I go there. So I get there. And uh, first, first, when I walk to the practice rink, I go up in the steps. The first thing I see is a Patrick Gaines scoring the winning goal 2010. Oh, when of course. Next to it. I was like, what a great start. Oh, <laughs> but then the guys were good. They were like, we practice. And, and I was like, the coach, Quenville was the coach. And I go to him and I said, well, I missed eight months. I'm 39. I haven't really skated. So I could use some extra work, maybe see some games, maybe see, see some system meetings. 
said, no, we just throw you in there. You're going to be deal. It's NHL and it's kind of hard and it's it's a fast tempo game. So I said, no, you'll be fine. So I go into the game. I don't know what the system is. I don't know anything. So I remember first shift, I was like, where's my partner? And he was, he was over there and he was sleeping. So I said, coach. I was like, what happened? So I said, yeah, we don't reverse the buck here. <laughs> Thanks for that telling me. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> Just go. Just get it and go. Oh, man. So maybe one or two games later, I, I some reason I was on the ice with uh, uh, Duncan Keat. And they they have a rule that, you know, in the defensive zone, if somebody comes around the net with the buck, the D stops by the net. It doesn't follow the guy on the side. So I follow the guy and Duncan Keith was there too. And Duncan Keith goes to me and said, what the fuck are you doing here, everybody? You're supposed to stop by the net. I said, sorry, I didn't know that's the system. <laughs> no, no one told me. Nobody told me. Oh, man. So it's like, it blew my mind when you told me that story. Their, their team is like, when I got there, I seen so many de- teams, so many coaching staff, so many players. It was weird because obviously the, the guys who won the Stanley Cup last five years earlier, two already or three already, I can't remember. Um, there, was, there wasn't any coaching. That's, they that's go into the game. I said, we know what to do. You've been here 10 years. We've been here 10 years. You don't have to tell us the system anymore. So perfect example, we go to the Stanley Cup Finals against Tampa Bay that year. So we we started in Tampa Bay. So we, we go to the hotel, and it, it says system, team meeting, system meeting, like night before dinner. So we go in there. Um, goalie coach, so two clips about, I think it was uh, uh, Byron maybe or somebody in the Tampa Bay. I can't remember the goalie. Two clips, and then Quenville... <laughs> up and said we know what to do we just go out there and do it you guys can do it we're gonna win it have a good night no way wow what a coach yeah, no right. video nothing. <laughs> nothing i was like okay we got it then we're gonna win but he he knew the guys know what to do yeah and the cool thing is he didn't worry about the Tampa bay lightning at all he knew we gonna we gonna beat them or we gonna give them a long long series anyway. Right. So yeah. he didn't he didn't pay attention to Tampa Bay at all. The system, who's good player, nothing. Wow, that was impressive. Yeah, I, I never that. seen. I crazy. love that philosophy. I mean, obviously confidence from the years before, but you know, I feel like most coaches justify their position by like overdoing the video and the meetings. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like especially when you're talking yeah. about the finals, you think you'd have a a little bit longer meeting, right? But I, I thought maybe they they showed maybe the four check how Tampa Bay four checks yeah, or think, right? what their tendencies are. You know, Stamkos like to do this or that. Nothing, guys. We get it. That's I know we can do it. Let's go do it. It's got to be what? like giving the players confidence too, right? That he trusts them that much that he has that confidence in them, right? I mean, there's got to be some like say reverse psychology or or just psychology on that because I mean. If guys feel probably empowered, right? You get up there and you're fucking the right. Guys knew they were so relaxed, like in yeah, the room, but when it was time to practice or play games, it was all business. Yeah. All like Taze, Kane, Duncan Keith, Seabrook, Sharp, Hossa. These guys, they were like, we know what to do. Don't tell us what to do. Yeah. We, we almost better than you not saying anything. We, we're going to go do it. But the funny thing is, you know, because obviously I like wine a lot. <laughs> 
so so on the road um with Chicago they they were like whatever you guys need we're gonna get it to you whatever on the road so we had this huge like every team has this huge like a in a conference room whatever you get so the meal was there 24 7 whenever you guys want to eat it's always there and I get there first time in the playoffs, not in Tampa Bay, but like first playoff series. And they have full bar. <laughs> like I said, in the room, full bar. There's bartender in the room. No dry island? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guys were a dry island, even if nobody said be on the dry island. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so anyway, they're... Steaks, you know, salmon, chicken, and full bar. I was like, I gotta sit down first and see what these guys do. <laughs> so they take soup salads, and and nobody takes anything from the bar. I said, there's a bottle of wines which are hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, and nobody. You you don't guys take a glass of wine or anything? He said, no, we drink when we want. Uh, they didn't. They didn't uh, take amazing. a sip of alcohol the whole playoffs. Really. The only guys were drinking was the management coaches and trainers. Yeah. <laughs> they, they got hammered, that's for sure. But yeah. <laughs> no player other than me, I had to take it because I had to take taste the good wine. But um, that's impressive. They were so, that was impressive. That is really I, impressive. I, I was going to ask you, Kimo, like <clears throat> I was going to ask you about Patrick Kane, which I will. Um, but I, Jonathan Taves as well. But those two guys, like, is Patrick Kane the most skilled guy you've ever? Yeah, I mean, one of the most obviously top five anyway, top three skilled guys you've ever I've played won. with. Yeah, hundred percent. You can see nowadays too. He's, yeah. I mean, he still yeah. has it. He's still, still doing it. it. And it's funny because obviously I didn't know him before I go in there. Quiet guy. He doesn't look like a strong, like a skinny legs kind of strong upper body, but he doesn't look like a strong skater or strong guy with the puck, but. Looking on him on the ice, it's just like hard to get fucked out of him. Oh, and man. and the way he moves, it's all it's like a video it's game a, for him. It's like it's just it's easy. A natural skill. Yeah. Obviously he works out hard, but it's just the skill he has it. Oh yeah. Yeah, he I was gonna ask you, you being a defenseman, it, I'm an equipment guy, I'm not a coach, I never played the game, but watching as many games as I have, it seems like D men won't like lunge at him. They almost kind of give him the blue light. Like, and I know sometimes they're like, close it up. You don't want him. You, you try to close that guy up. He's going to make you look stupid. He, he's going to look you, make you stupid, or he's going to make a play to suck you in there. And yeah. then he's going to little chip and then yeah. there's a breakaway or two on one or something. So yeah. he's so skillful with the puck. Obviously he doesn't do without the puck, but he doesn't have to. But with the, with the puck, he's anything can happen. Yeah, but talking about the players, you know, the, the old I played, you know, against the top players, obviously Crosby was tough. But one of the easiest, which people might be surprised, one of the easiest guys to play against was Ovechkin to me. Because really? I, I, I knew exactly what he's going to do when he's coming one-on-one -on -one against you. He's got a couple moves. Obviously, you don't want him to shoot between your legs. But yeah. he comes in, either he goes the middle and tries to shoot it, or he's going to try to deke it like a, between your legs or some stick. So I knew it. There's two options. So That's interesting. one of the easiest guys to me was to play against. Wow. Hard guy to play, but 
out of these top players, you know, Forsberg, Yager, Zakic, you know, Tim Salani, Paul Korea, you know, tons of names. I'm finding him to be one of the easiest. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. <clears throat> hey, Akeem, I wanted to ask you, what did Jonathan Taves say to you uh, before you guys won the Cup in Chicago? Yeah, that, that obviously, I, I had a um, rough go there playoffs because, you know, I, it, I wasn't in a good shape, to be honest. I, I never got the shape. They didn't play me much. So a couple, I missed a couple games there in, in the finals and I think the, the quarter uh, um, conference final game. So finally they put me in and um, I played a couple games, but then the last game, I think game six, um, that was home. And um, um, it was a morning skate. Uh, and we start going around like we always do, get, you know, relax. And, and uh, he pulls me aside. He said, Kimo, come here in the corner. Nobody was there. said, um, we haven't won it at home at all. All the wins we did, obviously in Philly yeah. in 2010 and then Boston, I think, 13. But we haven't won at home. We're going to do it. And when we do it, I want you to be the second who's going to lift the cup. You earn it. I play a lot of games against you. Uh, you wow. battle hard. I know your history this year. Block clots and hard to, you know, find a doctor who said you're going to play. But he said, you're going to be the second one. Wow. And I remember that moment. I was like, that you know, crazy. obviously, Ryan Deers come to my eye. And, and Seabrook was my partner. I missed passes from him. He comes to me and said, you all right, buddy? What's going on here? You missed the easy passes. So I said, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. No, no worries. But then the whole afternoon, I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't really eat. I was like, we already win it. We already won it. We already won it. And then I was like, fuck, we haven't even played the game yet. <laughs> then going into the game, um, I didn't play much. A minute or two minutes. I didn't care that that point. And then it was one nothing game for for a while, I think, into the third period. And then Duncan Keat, like a he he made this unbelievable individual effort to score two nothing. And he was on maybe three minutes left or something. And I was like, Yes, yeah. this is my time. We're gonna win it. Yeah. And when I said that in my mind, we took a penalty. I was <laughs> like, Come on, buddy. Always, it always. That's my karma. Why do you think like that? Why do you think like that? But then we killed the penalty. There's one minute left. And that feeling, you never get it back. Mm -hmm. It's like when you start the hockey, the parents, the friends, the friends, the the grinds, you know, the workouts and the all practices, teammates, you know, you're going to win it. You have one minute to think about it. It's, it's just a cool moment. I, I, you never, I, I never get back there. It's just, a, I wish everybody can get that feeling some point in their, their career, but it, it was just a moment. I know my family's in there and uh, it's just a crazy moment. Yeah. It sounds like you're almost reliving your whole hockey career in that last minute. You know, all the, you said in like all minute, the blood, sweat, and tears, everything, everything, just all, all right there for you. Every, everything. It's powerful. Motions, injuries. The battle, the grind, the bad and the good, ups and downs. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on in, in the minute. Yeah. I I know I was at uh, my our trainers meetings when, when you won. And I don't, I, well, I know that was probably the most excited I was ever 
for someone that we had had that I knew so well to yeah to oh it was awesome man it was awesome man. yeah was and, so and, and, and when he turned and said Kibo, I yeah, was like yeah. Fuck. that was just yeah. the coolest thing man but if you get to the you know little details and and if you get hope the better kind of I was hoping 2010 we went to the finals because I had a bigger role I had a you know, obviously, assistant captain. Yeah. I wish we could have won it, and I probably would have enjoyed it even more. But, but for sure, I guess you can't get everything. But yeah. that's the only thing about that year. I, the good things, obviously, I won Stanley Cup. I was able to finish my career with the skates on. Yeah. But you know, the feeling you're not playing much, you're not part of the team, kind of on the ice. You are off the ice, but. Uh, I wish we could have done it 2010. That would have been amazing. Yeah, that was that was a great year. That was that was a great run. You guys were were unbelievable that year, man. That that comeback we've talked about it a hundred times, but just being down three nothing and yeah, finding a way. I I've watched that short series of that. There's things on like YouTube, and you can you can watch like they shorten the games. But I've watched that fifty times just because I just I still get chills from it. Yeah, the the thing I remember that series uh, obviously being three nothing, and and uh, we kind of knew we were a better team, but just couldn't win the games, and we we needed a little bit of luck to get the first win and and go from there. But then the thing I remember the most, which um, sticks with me, and any still. You know, the after game seven in Boston, uh, Mr. Snyder comes in the room, obviously kind of like emotional crying. And he gives me the hug, said, this is our year. That's why that's why we do this. And he was crying and kind of give me a hug. So these are things I remember from from these moments. Obviously, the game is itself. It's it's great. But the moments after those are the things I remember. Yeah. 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 I was I was. He was fired up, man. Yeah. He was fired up. He was. It was yeah. cool to see. It's cool to see when an owner's Dude. like. I, yeah. I've told people before. They're like, "How was he?" I'm like, "He was like the coolest cat ever. Like, come cruising in, rock and roll, just can roll, just blaring yeah, windows it. down in his Porsche. Fucking here, take her for a spin. No, <laughs> someone will t-bone me if I go on this street. <laughs> I'll be paying you back the rest of my life. But but he just had it such a like a. Charisma is that the right word? I would say uh, so. Yeah. When he walked around and yeah. when he came to the locker room every game, win or lose, but he win came or lose. and yeah. shake everybody's hand. Yeah. It was just the, yeah. it's just the, the owner you never get in the sports. I don't think ever. No, certainly not anymore. You know, just just like he just cared so much, and I always become so corporate. Oh. There's such a disconnect between most ownership uh-huh. and, and the players. But this, yeah, I mean that yeah. was something special. Kimo, oh, you're right. The the thing that always stuck out, and I've known him since I was a kid because my dad was with the team. The biggest thing you said there was win or lose. He, That's yeah. came. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just when. Like some people come down, hey, when you, win. Do when you win. He came down when we lost. He, he still came he, down. They showed and he, all, he always had like a uh, 10 to 12 with him. So I was oh, like, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> smash and grab. <laughs> I'm Mr. Snyder's friend. Okay, okay. You can stay then. <laughs> this guy's in there flexing your stick, cutting. Oh, whoa. Yo, dude, those are game sticks. It's okay. I'm Mr. Snyder's friend. Cutting guys' game sticks down yeah, and shit. Right. <laughs> okay. 
They always smell like booze, dude. Our, uh, <laughs> drinking the sweet all night. Oh, <laughs> man. Good, good memories. Awesome. Good memories. Sure was, man. Yeah. Uh, Kimo, so what do, you, what, do you, what do you think of today's game, Kimo? Oh, it's fast. You, you need to, it's a young, young man's game. It is, isn't it? Uh, Riles can probably talk about this more, but there is no fighting anymore. And uh, it's just, there's no hitting anymore. No. It's just up and down. You get a penalty if you hit too hard now. Even if, even if it's clean. Almost. But it's, everybody's kind of skilled players and they can skate. If you can't skate nowadays, you're done. It doesn't matter how much skill you have. So it's, it's a young man's game and um, a lot of skating, a lot of speed, a lot of skill. But if you like hitting and fighting, <laughs> yeah right it's going the wrong way yeah that's the truth yeah i still feel yeah. like there should be like uh, there's got to be some sort of like happy medium i feel like it's gone like overly overly skilled where i'm, I'm not against the skill i i, I love the skill but i feel like it, it's it's almost gone away from like that the integrity of the game you know like that that you know i don't know ownership and accountability yeah. element you know where I think this year, more, get, you know, the last yeah. couple of years, there's been a little more fights. Maybe it's COVID related. I'm not sure. The guys are irritated, but um, just, just I feel like they're just kind of playing the system a little bit more and special teams, and we'll just go on the skill game. And I don't know. I just feel like there's there's missing that that ingredient just a little bit. I'm not suggesting Broad Street bullies, but somewhere in the middle where you know a little bit more physicality. I, I totally think agree. Probably need. I, it, I, I, I was going to say it's it's too. The game is. I'm sure it's fun to watch because it's it's a lot of scoring up and down. Uh, but I still like the kind of old school mentality when there's a little bit of fighting, there's a little bit of hitting, and there's a little bit of paying the price going to the front of the net. Now you can go in there, stand in there. Yeah, exactly. So that's maybe cool. that's me being old school and being away from the game for six years. Maybe that's me, but that's what I would like to see a little bit more. I'm not saying go back to 80s or 90s yeah. when right. it's it's fighting every every second well, shift. But, yeah. but you said it's it. paying the price if you do something stupid. There should be a, you know, it's paying the price. Yeah. That's, that sums it up. Yeah. It's paying the price. You said in front of the net or just away from the net. It's paying the price, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's a tough, well, it's a tough game. Yeah, hitting. It's yeah, you gotta earn your yeah. earn your feet. You know, earn your inches around right. the blue lines. You know, I, I agree, hundred percent. That's well said. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. about yeah. But a lot of speed. Yeah. Oh, damn. I wouldn't be surprised if the you know we talk about the age, so that the older teams coming down, maybe the average age is twenty two, twenty three soon. Because I I feel like it's the younger younger it goes every year. So I don't know where's the stop, but hopefully it doesn't go too young. Yeah, yeah. I guess it forces the older guys to be in tip-top shape. You know, these guys are such conditioned athletes now, and the only way yeah. to be able to to survive being an older guy would be, you know, to be a, a specimen, right? Or just just yeah. to stay healthy. You gotta stay in shape. You gotta be able to keep up. But it'd be interesting. Yeah, even now, if you're 35 years old, 34, 33, and some of the guys are most of the guys are 21, 22. Right. That's a 10 year difference at oh, least. Yeah. And you can, you can, everybody understand how much speed you can get or recover when you're younger, younger. So I don't, I just don't want to see that we, the NHL are going to the way when you're 30 years old, you almost like, we not care about you anymore. Right. That's not right. No. So that's, that's my point about hopefully we don't go get too young 
and this turns out to be you know you get drafted first round and then every every team has a lot of first rounds in the on the on the roster yeah. you know obviously if you're good you can make it that's good but um hopefully they don't go too young that's my yeah. point it's it's amazing the 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 skill of some of these young guys nowadays i like we we talk about it a lot but <clears throat> that zegras out in anaheim there obviously he was in the world junior like like he does stuff with the pocket. I don't even know what he's doing half the, when he's warming up. Yeah. He's fun to watch in warmups for God's sakes. Yeah. But there's other guys too, but I'm just saying it's it's skilled, highly skilled, fast. It's wild. There are so many good players in the league now. Look at look like Connor McDavid. It's like one of those guys I would pay a ticket to go see him because yeah. it's right. so that good. Um, you know, Nathan McKinnon. He's, it's he's so fast too, man. It's oh. I, but if you look at the game, it's it's the uh, prototype of NHL player or league now. You know how they play the game. It's speed, skillful, offensive. You know, yeah. it's all about offense, scoring points, you know, goals. But the skating factor is so good that that's that's where the league is going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> hey, Kim, I wanted to ask, like off the ice. I know you're a big card player on the plane. How, uh, <laughs> I lost all my money there. <laughs> I was going to ask you, <laughs> how was your card yeah. playing ability? Let, 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 let's put it this way. I was a big card player. Didn't know how to do it because I always lost. lost. <laughs> Just donating. Donating. Donating yeah. to Hartsy? He must have donated. Hartsy. Yeah, he, he knew how to play it. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's funny. He, he, he took... Uh, we made a little bit in the Super Bowl. And I was like, Tom Brady, it was six is enough. Come on, buddy. He said, I'm going to pick Tom Brady. I said, no, good luck. You pick Tom Brady. I take, a, you know, Chiefs. Hell no. He won again. Hell no, he won again. Yeah, he won again. He won again. Oh, man. He's not bad. He's not bad, I guess. Yeah. Get the inside scoops. I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's one of the, it's one of those where you, you know if you're you know in the middle it's like oh you can root against Tom Brady just because he's got six and he's like oh there's no way he's gonna win seven or you just go with the success the guy's had and just say he he's, might win because he's got six already. <laughs> you know? Well, that's what that's what I thought. Said six is enough. He's he's forty three or forty four years old. Come on, can't yeah. can't keep it up with Mahomes, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, you're right. Gosh. That would be an example of what you were just saying. The football world is, that, you know, that Tom Brady, from what I understand, like off off the field is like a specimen. I mean, he's like doing all kinds of, you know, freakish type of, you know, recovery yeah. exercises and, you know, just like lengthening his career. And, you know, it's, it's obviously but, a big part of him being able to stay healthy and yeah. perform like that. Yeah. Good, good example of that, you know, because the podcast I do to Finland, um, we had a, we had a guest last week, and he's a goalie coach of Colorado Avalanche. Okay. He's a Finn, okay. Finnish guy. And we were asking about Nathan McKinnon. He said, what kind of player he is, what kind of teammate he is, how hard he is for the goalies. He said, that guy works out 24-7. Really? Really? Yeah. He's on the ice with the extra, you know, extra goalies when they're shooting practices. He's there. He said, like a couple of days ago, he shot maybe 400 bucks, wow. you know, on the ice. And uh, 
It's probably why he scores when he gets a chance. Yeah, right. But talk about Tom Brady, how he lives for the yeah. sports. Exactly. He said he's got he's got a person who lives in the same building than him and does all the food, how much you need, you know, pasta or whatever, chicken, or they calculate everything. You know, this is time when you need massage. This is time when you need cold top, or this is time you need something else. Lives with him in the same building. So maybe that's the way where the game is going. I don't know. Um, personally, I would have a hard time with that because I need something else than just living for the sport. But that's, I guess, that's the level where the superstars are. Yeah. Well. Yeah, exactly. The, right. Kimo, what, what do you think of... Uh, like and you you watch a lot of the Flyers games. I, mean, I assume you do. What, what do you think of them right now? Like, uh, I mean, I know they had a they had a tough stretch. I felt bad because all those guys missed games. Like, what are you going to do? Like, but of course, around here, got oh, they're done. But they were missing yeah. six guys. But what do you think? What do you think's going on? Because just because you're such a good defense, I mean, a great defenseman, and everyone's talking about the D. Like, I'm not saying anything bad about them. I just do you see anything like? What, what they, they miss Matt Niskanen. That's the first. Yeah, right. What I hundred percent. I don't think people realize how much he had effect for Robloff oh, yeah. and yeah. the team. Um, but I would say the first, you know, fifteen games. What I watched, their five on five play was terrible. That's my personal opinion, and they get away from it. Uh, and get the wins because the goalies was playing pretty good, hard, and and they, yeah. they were standing on their head, yeah. and they get outshot by twenty shots almost every night, but oh, they yeah. still won. Yeah. So five on five play was horrible. It got really good actually last five six games I would say, but then maybe the goalies didn't you know bail them out this time. So it's just the balance of. Finding the five-on-five five game, hopefully get the goalies back on track, and they they they're gonna be fine. But I was a little uh, worried about their play in the first fifteen games because it looked like the game they played, you know, last year in the bubble, they got outshot, outchanced, yeah. but they some reason find a way to win. But it's because the goalies played so yeah. well, right? And you can't rely on the goalies every night for a whole. I know it's a 56-game season, but goalies can't stand on their head every night. Right. But I, I'm I'm thinking more positive now because I've seen the five-on-five five play yeah, getting better, better, and they get more shots. They're not getting outshot, outchanced. So they 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 be fine. I, do you do you think like we we've talked about this before too, Kimo? Um, I feel like their depth at the forward position is better than anyone in their division. Yeah. I mean, it's they're forwards, but you got to get the shots. And Riley said that a bunch. Like, I don't think they're generating enough earlier on. Like you were I, saying, I think they were shooting the buck enough. I right. think they were looking for perfect, you know, scoring chance yeah. instead of getting these dirty goals or yeah. going to the net. And, and, uh, you know, the game looks fine. If you hang on to the puck and be in the corners and, and, uh, not really do anything about the shooting the puck or going in the net. Yeah. So I, I, I find the game better now than it was actually early on when they're winning the games. So I, I find it better now than... So that's why I'm hopeful uh, they're going to turn the corner yeah. and they get everybody on the same page. But... Yeah. Um, um, I, I was... We were, we were joking. I'm sorry, go ahead. 
special teams can be a little better too. I think the PP is like 18 and and PK like 28 or something. So there's always uh, room for improvement. Yeah, they uh, we were we were kidding. We were we were like, you got to be happy. Not to not to put Buffalo down, but they've just been struggling. Like they they've looked like they just don't want to play hockey. And and we were kind of making a joke like, well, thank God they're coming to town. And then last night. It took everything we had or the boys had to get, you know, they found a way to win. That's the main thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Obviously, you know, that chemo, like they're not always pretty, but they found a way. And that that's the best part of it, I guess. I but, was like, Oh, you can't drop this game, man. You know, sometimes, sometimes those games are the hardest because you go into the game. I said, well, it's Buffalo. Yeah. You know, obviously you don't want to think like that, but in the back of your head, driving the rink, it says, yes, it's Buffalo. Two points. Yeah. We get two points tonight. And then when the game starts, you kind of lacking because you're not focused 100%. So all of a sudden you're down 2 nothing or 3-1 or something. And then you have to wind yourself up. Okay, we're going to start playing. And uh, uh, lucky that they got two points yesterday. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were a little bit lucky. Obviously, shootout was good. but um, Yeah, I agree. Yesterday wasn't the, the really good game, but um, maybe the hard is the story now how we get him back in a you know, game. And uh, I saw AV's comment today, which is 100% true. There's no shortcut for get better. It's work. You have to put the work down. Yeah. You have to come to the ring with the, with the positive mindset, but the work, you can't forget the work. You have to put the work down. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's I, I agree. Right. I mean, uh, I, I think Carter Hart, the way he's wired from what I know, and Nassie knows him better than I do, but I mean, I, I think these are just like small bumps in the road, right? I mean, it's like he's had success. Um, it's a hard, it's a tough league. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think he'll be fine. It's just, you know, it's, I think it's good that he's going through this earlier in the season. Yeah. They're still finding yeah. ways to win those games, like you said, early, early in the season. And, um, and he's just going to have to find, find his groove back, you know, and I think you said, it's just getting back to the basics, getting back to work. Not that he's not yeah. working. I think it's probably more psychological than ever, right? I mean, it's probably more in his head than, than anything at this point. You just got to well, get we, the we all know about, you know, this town about the goalies. Yeah, you know, yeah right. It's not yeah. a <laughs> to be in. And then when he struggle a little bit, everybody's going to say, oh, maybe he's not the one. Yeah. And it, it gets into your head. You know, we all humans and you read stories and you hear these scoops. And, and uh, but it's, it's just the, you know, it's a, it's a mindset. You have to go into the games. You know, it's do little things right, and you you be fine. Yeah. You know, don't don't start thinking about you know too much ahead. But they be fine, and there are a lot of young D men. They they can play a little better. I think sometimes I feel like maybe it's their system, and because uh, I'm not there, I don't really know their system. But looks like they're too. They want to support the offense maybe too much sometimes. Instead of, you know, maybe hanging on back and not giving two on ones or three on twos or, you know, um, but that's sometimes when you're young, you're anxious, you have a lot of energy. Yeah. And if coaches tell you jump into the play, you think, about, okay, I'm going to jump into the play. But sometimes there's no reason to do it. Yeah, exactly. But that, that's sometimes it comes to the play and with the system, but they'd be fine. They're going to be here for a long time. Yeah. I th- yeah. I agree. I agree with you. I think so too, man. Right on, Chemo. Well, 
It's so, uh, you know, hour and 10 minutes or so here. I know you got to respect yeah. your, your, your rouge there. And, uh, yeah, we got, gosh, it's almost empty. But, uh, we do uh, appreciate you co- coming on and, uh, sharing some stories and, you know, having, uh, anytime, boys, anytime, there. boys. It's been fun. You're, you're, uh, you're, uh, one of the classiest people I ever met in hockey and, People love you here in Philly, man, and and we really, really, really appreciate you coming on with us, buddy. Hey, thanks for the nice words, and I appreciate it, and it was fun. Thanks for having me on. All right, brother. Yeah, we appreciate right, brother. it. Good luck with your uh, podcast. Thanks, Kimo. I'm only 10 minutes away. Go ahead and pour me a glass, Timo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We knock hey, wait, but wait, I got one thing before you go. Yeah. A, a partner story. It, your oh. best partner story. In, not everyone knows about partner, but he's uh, he's one of the equipment guys that helps out. He does the laundry and takes care of uh, yeah. visiting teams. Just an yeah. unbelievable guy. But uh, Kimo, you got any anything good on, on partner? <laughs> partner? Partner is is like you said, you know, he's been there since since the first day. So ninety eight. And he, he does the, um, you know, laundry and, and uh, all kind of stuff there. But he, he's not all there. Let's put it this way. He's, yeah. he's a little behind. And we I get to know him and hard to do. Yeah. Uh, we, we took him out for dinner. And he, oh, boy, he likes to eat. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> but but then just, you know, the way he talks, it's like, you know, little words there and there, not not hundred percent, but it's like yeah, you know, like it's hard to understand more. unless you're around him. Hard to understand, yeah. but then then we we got into the habit, me and him. Like every time when I come to the rink, I don't know if it's a game day or practice day, but every time when we see each other, I go, Ooh-wee, <laughs> and he goes, Ooh-wee, yeah. Yeah, we give ourselves a hug, and he always big man. He always picks me up, up like yeah. my back every time, and I said, "Thanks, buddy." He's awesome. So, but he loves he's, he loves Kimo, nice, and he loves Hartsy, nice, man. Yeah, yeah. He was, I yeah, God, man, he used to make me laugh. Boy, he could he could tear he's some wings there. up, man. He could tear he's some wings there. up. <laughs> we 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 bought we went to lunch a few years back. I think because there was about five or six of us, we got like an order of 50 wings. I'm telling you, you took yeah. 40 of them before we, before we, we're all talking next thing you know, you turn around and it's, it's all bones. Where yeah. those things go? He, he likes to eat. He goes, oh, chemo, chemo. Yeah. <laughs> I, told, I actually have it on video. I, the last time, I, I think it was one of the last times I was there, uh, I told him, I would always say, one of my favorite things is when you would act like he was his twin brother. Kimo yeah. would call him yeah. his brother's name oh. and it would dry. He'd be like, no, this is, this is great. This is great. And he would call him his brother's name. But I told, I told partner that I, I said, Hey, we're making a trade. And he's like, yeah. who? And I said, well, we're trading our guy that does laundry at the center for you. So you're <laughs> going to get to come to Philly. Oh no, no, no. He says, no. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? It's, it's just got to go through the league. Gary Bettman won't allow it. He says, he said, Gary Bettman won't. He said, no, that's what he told me. He said, no, Gary Bettman. I couldn't, I couldn't understand everything else he said, but I understood Gary Bettman said no. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I I do remember because when I went to with the Flyers or Chicago at the late of my career and uh, same thing happens. Ooh, we keep, keep a hawk lift. 
And uh, then it was a game time because he does the visiting room. So, you know, water bottles yeah. or tape, whatever it needs to be there. So I was like, every time he goes by, I said, where's my tape? And he only says every time, who? <laughs> he didn't say it. It was like, who? <laughs> Just keep going. Keep going. I said, where's my tape or a bottle of water? I said, ooh. <laughs> Just keep going. Doesn't bother him. It doesn't bother him. Well, Kimo, did you know he can see now? Did you know I, he yes. had? So, Riles, he had yeah. glasses. How thick were they, Timo? Were they, oh, Timo? I, I remember. I remember they, partner. Yeah. You, oh, you yeah, know, I partner. For sure. So, I remember the last, uh, I, we get picked up and he's like, we, hey, we got him surgery. He can see. I'm like, what do you mean he can see? They're like, yeah, all he had to do is have this surgery and they, he can see now. And I'm like, I said to partner, I was like, do you like, how did you run the drive? I didn't know he like was legally blind. Like he literally, like yeah. but they did some surgery and now he, he didn't even have glasses on. That's amazing. Uh, for some of the day. And yeah. I was like, Oh my God, what a, like, I wish they would have done that for him. You know, whatever they, they could have, I mean, poor guys walking around, you could barely see. But that, that's a good thing about NHL, too, that, you know, you know, nasty trainers, how they take care of each other. And, and uh, uh, there's so many people like that around the league, different teams. Yeah, and yeah. They, they're hardworking people. And they're a nice company to be around with. Yeah, so, for sure. He's one of them, too. He is. He is awesome. I loved, I loved when he came and stayed. The, uh, Nashville brought him. And he yeah. stayed with Hartsey. Yeah. And he left a tip. He left a dollar bill on the. He made his bed and he left a dollar because oh, they made him dinner the night before and everything. So, so he left a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and Lavi, he loved Lavi. He loves bigger, bigger oh, yeah. guys. So, uh, partner comes down and he's standing in the coach's room and he says, uh, "How you doing, partner?" And partner gets got to give him a hug, right? So he's hugging Lavi, and Lavi's like, "Jesus, you know what's going on?" And he goes, "How was your night?" He goes, "Good." We. Scott took me to dinner. We had about seven beers, and then we went home and we had some wine. He goes, "Hearts, he did." And, and <laughs> partner's like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> he goes, "Okay, good to know, partner." <laughs> he fucking he ratted Hearty out. It was yeah. so funny, man. Not meaning to, just he was just hot, no, you know. No filter, no filter. Yeah, there. that was great. <laughs> but he's he was always happy, like still is happy, yeah. like happy, yeah. It's hard to understand him, but he's happy and, and the media. Yeah. He does. He's awesome. Yeah. I had to ask you about partner. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm so last. No, that's all right. Oh, that's I miss good. him. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, Kimo, appreciate it again. Thanks, guys. Thank we'll you so much, buddy. Have a good night and, and good luck with the podcast. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Likewise. All right. Take care. See all you, right. man. Bye bye. All right. That interview was brought to you by Manscaped. Did you fill out your bracket yet? Our sponsors, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, wants to remind you to do so. Their precision-engineered tools for your family jewels will help you turn that Kentucky wildcat in your pants into a South Carolina game cock, baby. Woo! Everybody wants to get changed from a wildcat to a game cock. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for my college basketball fans. 20% off and free shipping with the code Knuckles at manscaped.com. Every time I'm using that Manscaped, I tell you, it just reminds me of our good buddy, Timmy Parr. 
We're getting ready to go out the one night, and he says, I'm just going to get in the shower, get trimmed up here, got a big night. Next thing I know, I hear the curtain rod falling, Timmy's falling, I hear screaming. He's cut himself so bad, I thought we had to take him to the emergency room, which I really didn't want to take Timmy there and say, yeah, he cut his nuts, you know, with a razor because there was no manscaped at the time. But guess what? Now we have it. And I'll tell you what, Manscaped sure will help with your confidence. They have created the best ball hair trimmer ever. The Lomor 3.0. Good grief. Thank God you finally got one, Riley. Their trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and a waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. Their Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which is the MVP of men's grooming kits. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Wow, everyone does need that. Let's, let's not lie here. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, Riley, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product along with the Crop Preserver, is the ultimate defense from sweating, smelling, and sticking. No one wants any of those things on their family jewels. Manscaped threw in two free gifts into their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day, and a travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. Your purchase goes towards a good cause because they partnered with the GOAT Alex Caruso, and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls TM initiative. Get 20% off and free shipping with code KNUCKLES at manscaped.com. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Remember, every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to Testicular Cancer Society. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code KNUCKLES. Be the best ball handler this year with Manscaped. All right. Also want to thank Kimo Timonen for joining us, Riles. What a great guest. Yeah, yeah. Kimo is uh he's an awesome dude and uh yeah, and an awesome guest. I mean he was he was a lot of fun. It was nice to reconnect with him and uh, see that uh smile on his face and hear him cackling and giggling. Uh <laughs> like I remember him. So it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, people don't people that don't know him obviously like we do uh He's a bit of a shit disturber, and he's always, you know, always kind of twisting the knife in the side and getting things going. He was was so much fun to be around, and it was nice uh, catching up with him for sure. Yeah, one hell of a hockey player. What a career he had. uh, Amazing to see him uh, win a Stanley Cup there in Chicago, even though, as he mentioned, it wasn't exactly, you know, the way he envisioned it. But nonetheless, it's, uh, it's still a Stanley Cup, and... That's just the reality of sports, right? You don't always win it in your prime when you're, you know, the top defenseman or the top forward. It's just the way it is. That's, you know, role playing and moving down the, 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 the group of six, you know, D man there and, you know, playing a, a lesser role. But nonetheless, it's, uh, it shows you the depth of teams that win 
cups is that you need to have that depth and he's a high end player and and that story with Jonathan Taves, you know, is is pretty oh, is pretty amazing of, you know, him, you know, a, a, a elite player, you know, coming up to him in the morning like that and saying that. So it's uh, it's super meaningful, you know, to hear, you know, you hear stories from the inside of actual winners and teams that win and the culture and the thinking behind it. It's pretty amazing actually. Yeah. It, it was, man. I that gave me chills I and mean, he didn't say it to me, but I just I know we said it when we spoke with Kimo like I was just, I, I was, I, that might have been the most excited I was for someone to win, you know, uh, up there with Craig Berube and, yeah, exactly. you know, you know, all, all our buddies that have ended up going away and winning. And, you know, Mark Strike kind of ran in that same situation when he was here. Uh, he got right. traded at the deadline and ended up, he didn't play a huge role in Pittsburgh, but, you know, he got his name on the Stanley Cup and yeah, he, he had a good career and, and, you know, worked hard and everything. But chemo, chemo was really special to see and, Man, imagine Jonathan Taves saying that to you with that confidence. Um, but you watch him play, and that's what you see anyway. So that was a really cool story. Yeah, no, for sure. And just the hearing him talk about the discipline of the team, say off the ice, on the ice, you know, like the yeah. fact that Joe, Joe Quinville <laughs> doesn't even have a, you know, an action plan for a new player that comes in that he's just he's so trusting in his players that they're going to kind of, you know, help chemo along the way and how disciplined they are, you know, again, with, you know, this, you talk about the wine in, in the, in the dinner rooms and stuff like that. And just uh, how focused they were on just winning in the moment and then parting, when they're when they're ultimately going to win, which is which is amazing, you know that 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 word discipline is overused and under misunderstood. I think a lot of times because there's so much that gets poured into an 82 game season, let alone the playoffs. And I mean, you got to stay healthy, you got to recover quickly. And I know between Jonathan Taves and Duncan Keith and some of these other guys that you know and Kane and obviously they're just so dialed into winning um, and, and and recovery and, and the whole bit that they know that. You know, if they they pull their shit together and and play a solid season and win a Stanley Cup, that obviously there's going to be a, an endless party there for yeah. a week or two, uh, which is you know all worth the the grind. But uh, you know, always always interesting to me to hear about these true professionals and how they mentally prepare for for games and how, and how you know again to go back to Joe Quinville, how he coached these guys. Yeah. It's just almost kind of like Hitchcock when he had the Dallas Stars back there. Hear stories about. It's like, well, the coach didn't really do a whole lot. It was like the players that coached themselves because they're all veteran guys with, right. you know, lengthy resumes in the NHL that, that are, you know, what do you tell these guys? You know, they know what to do. Like, you know, Kimo said, they know what to do. You know, you yeah. know what to do. Go, go do it. Go win a game. So pretty powerful stuff, you know, yeah. from my end. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I wonder how uh, Q is coaching in Florida. You know, his, his mentality Obviously, he doesn't. Have, he's got some good players down there. They're 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 right at the top of their division. Uh, but uh, I wonder if he still is the same way with the preparation. <laughs> not that he didn't right. prepare, but it's like no, we'll worry. They can worry about us. We're not worrying about them. Uh, type of mentality. But uh, it, it was yeah. cool. I remember Kimo t- telling me about that stuff. Uh, you know, after he got back from from Chicago and everything, and I was like, wow, and it, that would have. You know, like you hear a lot of the guys even these days, like the meetings are are endless. I mean, yeah. guys, guys yeah. literally Toronto. walk in the rink and and like you know, Ian Laperriere is always funny. I would bust his chops because he would like walk around with his computer in his hand. The first guy mm-hmm. sees, hey, let me know when you're ready here. We 
go over the PK or, or, or whatever he was, you know, doing. Um, but the guys, you've been there where I was just sitting in a, sitting in a dark room watching video. Next thing you know, you're, you know, if, if they go longer than 10 minutes, you're probably starting to lose guys. But oh fact, yeah. But the fact that they showed two clips and be like, all right, boys, <laughs> yeah. <just> win. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. You know, and that was a, you know, I guess a, a little bit different, uh, a little bit different type of, uh, setup in the sense that Quinville had been there how many years and they'd already won, yeah. you know, two cups at that point. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so like the core group of guys already understood the system to a T, you know what I mean? They knew yeah. what to expect. Um, it was, you know, it's kind of like beating a dead horse. It's like at some point it's like, you got to stop just repeating the same thing and kind of let these guys be and treat them like, you know, the true pros that they are. Um, that being said, you know, I'm sure his strategy in Florida might, might have changed a little bit because he didn't have that core group of guys that he had coached, you know, five years before that. So, um, but then, you know, on the other side of it too, I've seen coaches, you know, I've coached the Phantoms there for, for several years. Um, it's a lot of times coaches justifying their jobs. It's like over coaching. You know what I mean? How much video can you show and how many, you know, again, to your point, 10, 10 minutes would be a, would, would be, uh, a super long meeting in today's game, I would think, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like you lose, you lose guys. It's like, they're, they're thinking about the game. They're, they're tuned out most of the time, you know, that you just got to like kind of plant a few seeds, reminders, you know, and just go out there and do your thing. These guys already know how to play the game, but once you kind of drag it out and, you know, bring out more and more clips to prove the point, guys just get lost in it all. So I like that strategy. I've heard other coaches again, like, you know, two minutes, two minutes, and that's it. Just, you know, just drill them the main points, plant the seeds, few reminders, and let's go. These guys already know. They're not going to learn anything in that two-minute video that they don't already know. It's just reminders. So a um, little bit different perspective, uh, you know, depending on, the, the, again, the team that you have and the experience that these guys have with you. But once once they know, they know. You just, you know, you just demand hard work and, and staying disciplined within the system. And after that, once the puck drops, I mean, everyone should know where to be. There's going to be breakdowns. There's always there always is. There's going to be mistakes, miscommunications. But um, the system itself is, you know, no really need to, to to grind into that a whole lot more. So, all right, knuckleheads, that wraps up another episode of Nasty Knuckles. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 15. Have a great week, and tune in then. See you, knuckleheads. 